Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Ash. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Cue the theme song. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. I'm bad, Ash. And you're good, Ash. You're goody little two-shoes. You're goody little two-shoes. Two-shoes. Buckle up, bonehead. Because you're going for a ride. Come to Papa. I got it, I got it. I know your damn words, all right? But keep your damn filthy bones out of my mouth. It's a trick. Get an axe. I'll swallow your soul! Come get some. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. Yo, she-bitch. Let's go. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. See this? This is my boomstick! Groovy. All right. The year... 1992, we had Sam Raimi with his third follow-up. Well, sorry, third movie, second follow-up in the Evil Dead series with Bruce Campbell versus the Army of Darkness. And guess who stars in it? Bruce Campbell. Who else? You won't know. There's pretty much nobody else in this except for some animatronics and uh, uh, Embeth... Davids is the uh, love interest in this movie. Um, so this movie kind of um, gives you a brief rundown of the first two Evil Deads, um, where Ash, played by Bruce Campbell, hacks his hand off because it went bad, uh, and the evil sucks him into a vortex, and it pops him out in somewhere in medieval times, uh, where he meets what's the king's name, uh, Lord Arthur. Not quite Arthur of the Round Table. I don't get the sense that this is Camelot at all, but um, definitely having some fun there. And basically, hijinks ensue as this futuristic man with supernatural encounters under his belt goes back in time. I think it's back in time. Different universe. Who the fuck knows? With Army of Darkness. <laughs> and hijinks ensue. Um, yeah, true story. So comedy, I don't know, comedy horror. The first Evil Dead uh, seemed to me like they were really trying to make a scary movie. And to its credit and to Sam Raimi's credit, there were some interesting tricks that he did with the direction that made that movie stand out. Um, and then the second Evil Dead, if I remember correctly, was basically trying to remake the first one sort of just with a bit more to it. I don't think it was a true sequel because it took place in the cabin. It had Ash and, and Linda and they get attacked and all that kind of good stuff. So Raimi kind of carried some of his directing tricks forward and uses a, a few of them in this movie as well. Um, but this movie is kind of a departure from what we had seen previously from the Evil Dead movies, except for bringing over, you know, the the Deadites and all those and all those fun guys. So this movie actually starts out uh, with some heavy fish out of water stuff. Uh, which is honestly like some of my favorite stuff in the movie. If any of you primates so much as touches me, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, comedy horror blending through. How do you guys think, um, how do you guys think the movie went? <laughs> Just so we're calling it. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of putting me on the spot here. A little bit. No one's talking. I'll just keep rambling then. Uh, I don't want to cut you off, but... 
Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it's immediately spoofy, which of course it is, right? Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's like a slapstick horror, which, and horror is like super loose. It's horror just because of monsters and, and uh, stuff, I think. But other than that, it's almost like a comedy adventure. But it's, um, I don't know, man. I, I fucking love this movie growing up, and I was super excited to do it. I think maybe uh, you guys weren't, but did this one to uh, to please me because of, I did Titanic. No, I. you know what is I loved Army of Darkness as well. I thought the comedy was, was great. This was one of the first and definitely is one of the most notable comedy horror movies. Like, you could draw a lot of parallels, not in story, but in, in tone and theme to Big Trouble in Little China, um, where you have random monsters kind of similar masked um makeup and things like that coming over um and one of the things i noticed watching this movie was that army of darkness handled some of the scenes with those masked creatures a lot better than um than big trouble in little china did big trouble lingered on the mask so you really were like able to study the man in the outfit and like come to terms with that it was a mask and then you were seeing like the mouth doesn't move but I thought Army of Darkness did a really great job by making the shots on the creature especially in the pit really brief so that you didn't it didn't let your brain take over too much that it was a mask it's definitely a mask because you can't have these movies without them almost looking like they intentionally cheesed it up and did they didn't figure out the best way to do something. They figured out the most cost-effective way because this movie was made for like $11 million, um, And they had to go back to, I think it was Universal was working on this. Um, they had to go back multiple, a few times to ask for more money and, and Universal was kind of pissed about it too. So um, that created some challenges, I'm sure. I was never a fan like you guys, though, of uh, the Evil Dead movies and, and Army of Darkness. I didn't actually get into uh i didn't really appreciate uh evil dead until i saw the play when they when they did it in a play form and they actually they, i saw it here live in calgary i think we all went to it together we did we all went together. i thought it was i thought it was a much better as a play that's not army of darkness that's evil dead the music no i know yeah. but i didn't like <laughs> any of these i'm just saying i didn't like this this whole trilogy or whatever at all so I didn't get into Ash and all that shit and like the story of the book and his hand and stuff until and I love what they did with the play because they made it like they had a, had a splash zone oh that was they, so like, gory it, it was really it was really like yeah they, the blood was like flying everyone on the stage <laughs> and stuff so they, it was so fun yeah but uh, I was never a fan of this these these movies like you you guys I remember you guys really liking them and watching them and stuff and I would watch them with you but so for me, this wasn't like uh, something that I loved that I was revisiting as much as it was just, I just never appreciated it Yeah, like you guys did. Uh, like what yeah. I love about this movie and, and other movies like it, uh, maybe like I could draw a weak parallel to Bloodsport, right? Where it's just this low budget film, but you can tell a ton of heart went into it. They knew kind of what they were going to end up with and it wasn't going to be a huge blockbuster but they wanted to make it they wanted to make it successful and if it made a little money that would be great so when i watch a movie like this that's one of the first things that, that doesn't give things a pass in my mind but i relax on on it a little bit because i'm more trying to think like oh how did they do that oh man that's a really smart move or that looked really cheesy but they obviously don't give a shit 
Um, like a lot of where there, uh, some examples would be like where Ash in the later scene in the, in the castle, when he's got his car rigged up to have the big windmill propeller on the front and it's just driving around, taking out stationary skeletons. It's just garbage for effects, but I'm laughing my ass off and, and Ash is all like in the car, like leaning and it's all like, but he's just driving around in a circle. So yeah. Little things like that really kind of um, make me smile. And and the humor in this movie hits home in a lot of ways because Ash is a very particular character. He's oh, uh, yeah. false bravado, but he's also... We were saying this while we were watching the movie together is that his superpower is fighting deadites. Even if it doesn't look like he's skilled at karate or... In, in any form of martial combat, <clears throat> he just is able to kick the shit out of the Deadites and take a beating from them and get up. Whereas everyone His power else... power is almost mostly getting beat up. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Because when you see the, the, the big battle scenes going on, the Deadites are like slaying warriors who have been trained and wearing armor and Ash is just like punching them, <laughs> punching them and kicking their balls in and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, so... Uh, it's interesting to see Ash's uh, uh, superpowers come to play. He gets. It's very Three Stooges-y. Yes. Yes. Um, in the way that the that the combat goes sometimes, because like mm -hmm. they'll like literally eye poke or like pull his tongue out or slap him like like total. It's 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 total slapstick Three Stooges type of um like a physical comedy in a lot of this action. Tons. Which I fucking love. Like when I was a kid, I would rent Three Stooges from a fucking, which doesn't date me because it was old even then. Yeah by the way but um but i fucking love that shit and i know it's stupid but there's something about it just that it's it it the thing about army of darkness that works is that it's not trying to be anything else yeah that that's it knows that it's silly and it knows that it's stupid and it knows that it's fucking bad effects and shitty acting and it just fucking leans into it so hard and that makes me respect it in a way um, that other movies like Big Trouble in Little China. I don't know. I get the sense they were going for it in that too, but it, it just didn't end up I working out too. at the end of the day. Yeah. Interesting. So I wonder, will it's this movie fare missing, better? It's still, though, it's missing the, the, the one major component, though, uh, that it needed to have for this to hold up over time and it's the script, and it's not a very good script. I don't really care about Ash. I don't care if he succeeds or fails. I don't. The love story is like pointless. I, I don't care if that him and her like each other, and I don't want them to be together. Like, not. It just kind of at the end of the day for me, though, with all of the things that are going on, it just doesn't really mean anything. Like, I don't. I don't. Know, I don't, I don't, know I don't get behind like Ash. Why you don't cheer for Ash? I just don't get behind. I don't. I just don't get behind him. I don't. I don't feel any. I don't feel any. Uh, there's no threats. I know it's his comedy and stuff, but I'm not ever concerned about his life. I'm not. You don't. I'm not you don't. Ever concerned that he's going to fail. Or there's nothing that. I just. Uh, I just don't feel anything for this character. I don't know why. So it was totally, he totally does fail, and a bunch of people die because he fumbs <laughs> those words. Like yeah. it's a. It's a huge tragedy that he does. He's a. He's a. a He's a total anti-hero. Klaatu, Ferrata. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> All right, then. I said your word. Yeah. yeah. 
That's like, not, so yeah, does does not the, enough though. Colin, does the fish out of water stuff at the start not get you more on his side because it's like him against the world, and then as he buddy buddies to the to the to the people, and they start to revere him, then the deadites pop up as his as his nemesis. That doesn't work work for you. No, it's just like so. Airplane's a perfect example. Like airplane is so silly, but yet I do root for for um, uh, the characters in Airplane. I root for them to land the plane. I root for the relationship between the, the guy and the girl. And they have the flashbacks of like him in the psych ward and <laughs> them disco dancing when they first meet and stuff. Yeah. So it's really silly and irreverent and the humor is like super off the wall, similar to this. But I... I seem to, I feel like that's just a better screenplay. I just feel like, I mean, the writing's not very good. It's not, for them, once again, the detail is more on the jokes and the and the cheesy special effects. So yeah. they don't really, they didn't really care about the script as much uh, as long as they're, you know, like the, the thing where he fights himself or he fights the little teeny people, you know, like, Nothing comes of those things, but they wanted to put those things in the script because they thought they were funny. So it's just, you know, like a lot of movies go down that road where they, especially today, like the Adam Sandlers or the uh, the, uh, David Spades or or those guys who make movies today. They don't make, they don't write screenplays. They just write jokes. And then they like put a story around their little jokes. And then they get their friends to be in the movie. Yeah, and you just, so they get their, like, shit in there, and, I mean, the one good thing about this movie is it stays, other than a couple of little tiny detours, it stays on track. And it's, and it's only 88, 88 not, minutes. Like, a sub-90-minute movie? I'm not sure we've ever reviewed a sub-90-minute movie before. Yeah, yeah, it's very short. So at least they don't go, they don't go on and on and on and, and, and put in too much stuff. I, I, I like some of the action. Like, in my opinion, the best parts of the movie are when they attack the castle. Isn't that isn't and, that funny? Uh, I had said when we were watching it, I recalled back my favorite scenes were the first half where he gets to the castle and has to fight the creature in the pit and, and like, show off his boomstick, which is my favorite line maybe from the whole movie. This is my boomstick! And everyone's like... <gasps> um, but, but as we watched it, I realized that the second half... Um, was in fact a little bit more enjoyable for me because it, it moved along. I knew where it was going. Um, and there's just more action. And the, like, action and the action wasn't bad. The choreography no, and everything. Yeah, it was. It was good that way. Like, and so it, it, if I enjoyed anything, it was the action in the movie. Yeah, I, I, re- I was reading uh, about this, and uh, apparently, Raimi was like. He really, um, one of his secrets to the success of these movies, if you can call them successful, I think you can, but um, is that he just made sure Bruce Campbell had the worst time on set. They purposely made like the battle scenes overcomplicated and hard. He apparently had to memorize this number system so that he could like do the choreography right. And he was doing like 30 to 40 takes in some of the more complicated scenes and he was getting so frustrated, but they loved either what it made him bring to the table or how it made him appear on, on the screen when they were doing the recording. So like uh, he just, uh, the, the rumor goes that he had the shit kicked out of him through all the movies. And you know, it, 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 as I heard those stories over the years and read up on them more recently, it made me have more respect for Bruce Campbell. Um, and I hope 
that in his you know B movie stardom, maybe low key A movie stardom for the for a few things that he's been in. I hope I hope he's like super successful. Um, and, well, also and, the thing that disappointed me was the girl that was a love interest. She uh, she he kills her because she's uh, she becomes a demon or whatever. And uh, so I was like, oh my God, that's so great. But then at the end, she's fine and she's not a demon anymore. And I'm like, that's kind of shitty. I-, I like the idea that the love interest became bad and he killed her. I thought that was so original and unique. Yeah. But then they cop out at the end and they're like, nope, she's a human again and they're in love. It's just like, what? Yeah. Why? Yeah. And plus, their relationship wasn't that fucking good anyway, so I didn't give a fuck about it. So when he killed her, I was like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah I th- it's just a love interest. It was never like a huge thing, right? Yeah, especially with how so they, they end he, up. That's why if he killed her, the audience wouldn't care. And yeah. it's also original and unique. That, But like but like in so many other movies like Ghostbusters or anything else or whatever, they, she has to get, you know, get saved and come back to, uh, you know, being a human being and so I don't, but whatever, I guess, I mean, everyone was doing that, so I guess that's why they did it. But I just like the idea that he killed her. Like, what does he do to her when she's evil? Does he throw a, a spear through her or blow her to... up or something? It's not the remember. catapult. He puts the, the, the head guy on the yeah, catapult. Exactly. He, like, throws like, a spear through her or something. I can't remember, but, like, he definitely would have killed her, whatever it was. Yeah, no. So I was like, she's, she, I was like, she's done for sure. And then she was fine. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that was kind of weird, too. Yeah. So I just want to go back on something you said before, Colin, about about the, the story and the structure. Do you think any of that um, might have been a little bit better for you if you had recently watched, I mean, arguably, the, let's say Evil Dead 2, because um, it's basically just a remake of Evil Dead 1. But um, if you had watched that, would that give you any more compassion, empathy, uh, information about Ash that makes his plight in and Army that, of Darkness? And that might like, Ash loses all his friends and shit in the fucking first two movies. Yeah. But, but if that's the case, then, then you have to look at it. I don't know. I always look at everything like it's an individual movie. And I think so that's if I right, have too. to watch two other movies to like, to like him in this movie than that, I guess. But, I don't know. I guess you're building off of that. So, yeah, and you should, and so, that's why they they quick try to bring you through it in the beginning because this movie is is basically a fan made like it's not a fan made but it's made for fans of the other movies right yeah this movie is yeah. and and they quick try to bring you up to speed in the beginning yeah which yeah, um you up, yeah which is necessary because otherwise you're thrust into this movie with the guy that has a chainsaw hand and you're like what yeah <laughs> how does that even right? fucking work. Yeah. yeah. So, and I guess so. You you don't. Yeah. In that in that respect, you don't really. Yeah. It's t- a tough to. I mean, they they have a it. tough job to do that, right? Because it's it. I mean, you you have to understand the character a little bit, I think, to maybe enjoy this movie fully, right? But is this the best of the three? I think so. It's different. Just because it's it, different. yeah, it's completely different because it gets you out of the no, cabin. But would you guys rather watch this one yes. or the other two? This one. Other two. This one. Oh, I'd rather watch this because it's it's the most well done. Like the first one was meant to be horror. Yeah, and it's the first one was meant to be sincere, but it was so comically fucking horrible, painful that it became a huge cult fucking uh, favorite. Right. Yeah. So then they did the um, second one where they leaned into the humor. And that was yeah. really popular because the effects were a little better. He had a bit more of a budget to do it the way that he wanted. 
And then this one was, you know, they had written it, then it got delayed and, and they ran into some issues. But one of the big things they were like is we got to get him out of this fucking cabin. And <laughs> so they did and took him to wherever they wanted to, which was medieval. And I love these movies because they fucking are a little bit less serious like that. Like, like so I don't know. I don't know. I don't think you guys are big horror fans, but like Night of the Living Dead 2, there's a scene early in the movie where there's like zombies and this one fucking guy takes a screwdriver and stabs this zombie in the head. And the zombie says, get that damn screwdriver out of my head. And I remember dying laughing when I was a kid because that's so funny because it, it's different than anything you see, right? Yeah. Anytime you see things that are traditionally not funny, kind of be spoofy and not take themselves seriously, especially in the horror side of things. To me, it's, it's, it's uh, immediately enjoyable because it's different. And there's not a lot of these. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with that, Brent. And, and that's why this movie holds this special place in my heart because it, it, it's like comedy horrors were rare back then. And um, this one definitely, sometimes there were horrors with a, some dark comedy in it or flashes, but this is more a comedy than a horror um, yeah. And because I'm not a horror fan, I, I liked getting the glimpse into the horror world, but mostly just laughing my butt off. Um, however, but now it's compare. now it's 20, 30 years later. Holy shit. Um, I'm thinking that because I watch it now, it's not new to have comedy horrors. It, it makes this movie slip a little bit in my mind because neither the horror nor the humor is is close to some of the more recent versions of, of, of this kind of movie that we have now. Well, I can't think of anything even close to what you're talking about, except except for maybe um, what something we already did recently, which was the birds. And uh, yeah, once what? again, I think the birds does a much better job of blending the two, as well as having a story that you actually care about the main character of the movie. Yeah, I mean, and the birds is, to, is a way different category, though. A, a, movie, a little right? bit, and the Burbs was actually com- it's a horror comedy, it, but it's not really horror. The Burbs was eighty nine, well, wasn't it? What's like this then? Like, well, like, like I don't know what the fuck. Sean of Sean like of Sean of the Dead would be somewhat like this, and Tucker and Dale versus yeah. Evil that would be like this. I Those think are Sean of the Dead <clears throat> close to the Burbs. Well, Tucker and Dale is very well regarded. Uh, I like that movie a lot. It's funny. It's gory as shit, but it's like funny as hell. So like there are movies like this out there. I think there are a few others I'm not thinking of right now, but, but, um, uh, I would compare this more to naked gun and airplane. I know they're not horrors, but the humor is the slapstick. Totally. Yes. So still, in a reference, but once again, at least in the first naked gun and the first airplane, because the other ones aren't good. But like I care about Frank Drebin, and I want him and to succeed, and uh, I like him, and I want him and Jane to get together, and uh, and uh, I, you know, so I mean, like it's it's uh, it's different, I find. Like, but once again, like this is the third one, so it's it's not the first one, like you guys said. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to go into it. It's hard to go into it as an individual movie by itself, maybe. Yeah. As the third one. I, I feel I like... Think, oh, go ahead, Brent. You but it's not a standalone. It's not a standalone. I was going to say, I think that it that it is, unfortunately, I think this movie is beloved more by people that know and are fans of the series. Um, yeah. Which I think is what we're talking about and what you're, what you're alluding to. And I think I agree with you. It's unfortunate for me to, to admit that because I 
I love the movie and I want to think that it could be universally like um, loved by someone that was like a new take to it. But I think you need to be like this movie. Like when I was a fan of this movie, I was what fucking did 94, right? Uh, this is 92, 92. So not even a teenager yet. But first time I saw this movie and then watch it throughout my teenage years, which I think is what the target is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'd have the to target say it is yeah. like that the young teen or mid teen, early adult fucking type of mindset. Yeah. And especially back in that day, like, this is new ground. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think that it's um, the time is significant on this one. The age shows, but um, I don't think it's that significant. The age for me personally, but it might be bias. So if I were to I also, Sam Raimi for me is not has not had a good track record for movies that I like. The literally the only Sam Raimi movie that I ever thought was any good. And it's always, always, always from a storytelling perspective. Like the Spider-Man movies were fucking horrendous. Yeah. Way too long, bad scripts. The only Sam Raimi movie I can remember ever going, holy shit, this is a good movie, is the uh, movie where he, it's, uh, oh my God. It's a simple, the one with, uh, a simple choice? Paxton. A simple choice. A sim- a or a simple plan. plan. Yeah, him and Billy Bob. Or the one with Bill Paxton where Bill Paxton finds that money in the plane and he steals it in the in the middle of the woods. Yeah. And then, he, and then like a bunch of people who, there's a bunch of people start dying around it and stuff and him and his wife are like trying to keep it in. That's a really good movie and it was super un-Sam Raimi movie too. Yeah. But that's really the only Sam Raimi movie where I was like, I like this movie, this is a good movie. And uh, the screenplay was not written by him, and it was based on a book. So, and he totally directed it straight, like, like completely straight. Yeah. So, um, he definitely can do stuff like that, but I don't think he likes doing stuff like that. Uh, he, he was trying no, to push I, himself or go in a different direction. And, uh, I mean, the Spider-Man movies, like, solidified it for me. I'm just like, yeah, I'm not really a Sam Raimi fan. I think if I, mean, I we all hate those Spider-Man movies. I think right? no, I right? I hate them. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. but I'm like trying when, to think uh, where they. What's his name is Disco dancing down the street of Peter Parker and like. Yeah, that's he's like, yeah. That's the I second mean, or third the, one. That's bad. They were just the worst dialing shit it in. ever. Like the worst. The absolute. I mean, they're all bad, but that that one was the worst. Yeah. Um, I, I was gonna say if you watch this movie as a standalone or if you were introduced to it today i'm not sure where where people would find it 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 sits but if you were to look at this movie as a um evolution of of movie making like where it stood in time what was being made around this time for a low budget film of the day does it does it get some wins did it revolutionize anything in terms of movie making or effects or even if it was like guerrilla movie making like did this did this do anything to help the industry you might you might be able to look back on this and say that it was important in its time um but Big time. you might say at something different the way we review movies which is watch a movie and then say does this movie still live up to the hype of 30 years ago? Um, or I guess in the years after when this, cause this wasn't as well critically received or commercially as the evil dead two movie, but this one has just for, for reasons um, become a cult classic and is probably the, the most well recognized of the three for sure. And has the most long, uh, the longevity to go with it. So yeah, as a historical piece, 
important, but maybe not as much as a movie right now. But I'm trying to, I'm thinking about it. I'm not seeing the influence because like, if you look at a movie like, you look at a movie like um, a Blair Witch, like paranormal activity and movies like that are a direct, uh, and those movies were hugely successful and cost nothing to make, but like a, but like the, that's what kind of like the Blair Witch started was like that kind of like low budget, you can't see that you never see what is haunting you kind of movies. Um, and, but I don't, what came from this, like what evolved from this movie? I can't think of who he influenced. Shitload of things. There like, are fucking, know, but give me the there examples. are comic, there are comics and comics and comics that spawn from this thing. Marvel versus fucking Ash. Ash versus the fucking this, Ash versus that. I'm trying to think about them right now, but there's like they get the TV at least series a dozen now too. fucking comic spinoffs. There's other movie spinoffs. This is like a genre into itself that I think defined kind of this thing. Because until then, you had like horror movies. I think like horror comedy to this sense where you have like this bravado, like like I say, like it's Three Stooges meets a horror. Like it's it's he's able to fucking take an un believable amount of fucking damage in super silly spoof style and then keep going like this hadn't been done but i don't believe this has been done everything you're talking about is within the evil dead universe like if it's a comic about ash then it's just evil dead comic like you know marvel marvel spinoffs and all this other shit but with ash though right yeah but that's what i'm saying yeah, that's, that's, that's just like the, I'm saying like other filmmakers took this and were like, and then we're like, oh my god, I love this so much. I'm gonna make a movie like this that's like paying homage to Evil Dead or Army of Darkness. Not like just like spinoffs of like. There's a there's a TV show you watch about Ash now too. That's not people yeah, being a- influenced. It's just a continuation of what Sam Raimi started, and it's the same universe. Yeah, I love that like, TV show too. I finished that fucking TV show. Yeah, but. and I'm like, yeah. Brian Scorsese. Like, like people like Tantino and Paul Thomas Anderson, like you said, are, it didn't have a cultural impact, and I'm saying it did because it spread its fingers through a lot no, of different areas. I think he was just commenting on when I was saying, did this movie have an impact on the movie making industry in terms yeah, of directing style or, or story writing or effects? And and I, I and honestly, I think of I, I'm a pretty casual, maybe more than average movie watcher, uh, especially with this show now. But I don't know enough about the history. Um, you know, like if you think music, like the Beatles to Led Zeppelin to, you know, and Pink Floyd to whatever the fuck it is we have today, like d- did the Army of Darkness stand as a major film in the industry that said, wow, this is totally shifting the way that we do movies from here on? Or, you know, even if a few movie makers borrowed some of the elements, um, I-, I-, I don't know the answer to that, but I don't think that I've and I'm not a horror movie watcher a lot so I wouldn't really know I would love for our fans to write in and let us know if they think it's had an impact but but as far as I can see it hasn't had that huge impact other than Ash himself and Bruce Campbell being the real selling point and the real marketable um, repeatable character because he's he's you know the, the false bravado but lucky but good at what he does and bad at love and everything else it's kind of a funny a funny well, I mean, um, character could you could you say that movies like um what's the fucking shark movie sharknado 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 movies like that exist because movies like this built the fucking ground for for super fucking ridiculous silly horror if type that's shit. the case i'd be really upset if I was, what's his face that 
that I spawned Sharknado because of my stone liking, I'd be upset about that. But maybe not if, if, but you, if movies, the whole those point... Those movies aren't serious movies. They're movies that are meant for people to watch them and fucking laugh at. I know, but Sharknado... And that's I a mean, thing like, that you've never been so capable of that John and I love to do. Yes, absolutely, I you agree You guys don't that. like Sharknado, though. You don't like fucking Sharknado. Like, Sharknado is way below Army of Darkness and Evil Dead. Yes, I, I agree with that. But what I'm saying is is that the groundwork... Like, like, you're not the type of person that will watch a bad movie because it's hilarious. Right? Never. You're you're way too purist about that, and your mind doesn't work that way where you're like, I can enjoy this in its shittiness. Whereas John and I, like, we fucking get off on that, and we'll sit down and watch a shitty movie and thoroughly enjoy it. Like Bloodsport, like Army of Darkness. And, um, and you can't see past your I'm nose on I'm these things because you look at it from like a purist <laughs> perspective where you're like the script needs to be this the story needs to be this the character needs to be this i need this development all this stuff and sometimes like that shit's all important and this movie would have been better with a lot of that but much better but it doesn't mean you can't enjoy it without right yeah and a lot of these you, movies like sharknado not for me because i couldn't even make it through sharknado <laughs> and i love That's shitty movies i think about. we all know but um <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, maybe these things could have been, like, as far just to make it a fucking argument for for and, what this movie could have contributed case, to. Then if that's the case, I hate Eva Bad and this movie even more if that's what the kind of filmmaking that they saw. Because you hate, you hate people liking stuff that you don't. So no, no. It's like, I mean, Chuck Nato's not... Um, the the uh, the only I think the only notable star that's in those movies is that guy who used to be on nine one two nine two one zero that I can't even remember his name. So that's like kind of rejuvenated his career. Which once again, fuck you, Sam Raimi, for doing that. Then those, <laughs> movies are the, those movies are the Dancing with the Stars of the fucking yeah. uh, movie universe. Well, that and just a that and and I think it's more like a bachelor or something. I don't know. Yeah. I just mean it's a and place a for for, for like shitty that. like fucking F level celebrities to get back in the spotlight. It's like less than Adam Sandler like, movies. Yeah, because like I feel like I have that. Zay, Zion, 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 isn't that his name? E- Zion, Zion, Ian, Ian, it's Ian Ziering. Ian, that's right. Ian He's got this Zier. stupid pronunciation. Your fucking name's Ian, douchebag. <laughs> Ian is from. Uh, Ian is also from this Mythic Quest. That's what he calls himself. And uh, yeah, that must be making fun uh, of that's that. right too. He I'm sure that's like a Ian. proper Scottish name, and I'm just fucking insulting <laughs> a huge class of people. I'm so it sorry. Could be. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, it, it could be, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I definitely. In, but see, I enjoyed parts of this movie. It's not that I didn't enjoy it, and I'm glad we watched it. But <laughs> that doesn't hold up. Well, and that, I'm gonna say that I don't think that it does. I don't know if we're finished or not yet. But but that doesn't. We didn't even I talk didn't. about any of it. Really. We just fucking <laughs> debated this thing, and Colin's already calling it. But that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy aspects of this movie. Like I said, especially the ending when they had the big battle and they had the skeletons uh, falling to pieces and they were shooting the fire over top of that. We haven't talked at all about his adventure, dude. Like yeah. uh, we haven't talked about what anything. adventure. What are you talking about? What do you mean, what adventure? He lands in the fucking castle. They send him to find this book that has the power to end the fucking evil, but also send him back to his time. We haven't even talked about it. 
he lands there. He's fucking put in the camp with Eric the Red. We haven't talked about that. We haven't talked about anything. You're called the movie. <laughs> yeah, well, that doesn't mean that you guys cannot uh, not ch- have a different opinion than me. I know, but I'm saying we usually call it at the end of discussing the movie. We, talk, yeah, well, the movie. we knew we knew where Colin was yeah, going with this one. Gut. I know, I know. There's no spoiler <laughs> there. I'm just like, for fuck's sake. That's not a spoiler. Have some professionalism. There's no spoiler with that. I'm saying, though, that this movie is enjoyable on some level. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I think it takes a lot of classic um, humor. A lot of that physical comedy, I think, is done really fucking well. And like, like with those little guys, when all the little ashes are there, when his when his reflection in the mirror breaks, and all the little ashes pop out, I fucking I still like watching that. The way that the like they play back and forth, and he gets the upper hand, and then they fucking lift the fork, and he steps on it, and then they get the upper hand. Like it's it's that stuff to me is funny, and I don't know if it's funny to me because it's always been, but I fucking love that shit. Yeah, the special effects in those aspects completely take me out of it. It looks so bad, like. Back in the day, I guess maybe it wouldn't have mattered, but now when you're looking at it and you like could see how bad it was done, like, and it was because they had no money, but like, it, I I cannot enjoy that when it looks that way. It just looks so weird. I don't, I don't care because it's not supposed to. Yeah, to have great special. I know effects. it just it takes me out of it though. I can't. My brain can't stop I, going. Oh my god! Just how how could they thought this even like? edited together they had no they had no other choice and it probably looked not bad for 92 low budget it just doesn't look great like now we would have something that's so much better watching deliverance and uh, they had the day for night and it was like the 100 percent worst fucking day for night (laughs) yeah it it wasn't yes the the day for night and deliverance looked like uh it looked like photo negatives that were overexposed (laughs) 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 yeah and so like my brain like i just I, i cannot I can't stop seeing it's, the shittiness. It's funny for me when I see those scenes and a lot of the effects in this movie. It's a it's a mix of of practical uh, guys in suits, some static like figures of skeletons with some stop motion, um, and it, it, the blend is jarring for sure every time you see it. But instead of me thinking of just how crappy it looks. Uh, my brain just more goes to, well, I wonder how they did that. Oh, like so when they have a bunch of the little mini ashes on screen, ash himself Bruce Campbell is one of them as usually the most front and center and vocal and then the ones behind him not the focus of that particular shot are other guys in wigs that like made up to look like him but yeah. they just he I, I give him kudos because I you would you wouldn't really notice unless you were like going out of your way to look for it because you always focus on the one guy that looks like Bruce so yes I am taken out of those scenes as well but it's in the creative way of like if I got out my iPhone and I had like some someone who could do half decent effects could we remake something that's similar or what what would we do in today's day to do it which maybe isn't the best place to go because it still is a speed bump um, but because I, I just but think, I, always, I have the heart I think there's heart in this movie that, that makes me think about how that came across but when you don't have any money I also see like you look at one of the coolest movies that that on the low budget that did crazy good special effects was, uh, and you wouldn't think it was uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Mm. And they used old school Hollywood special effects. So like he would be, they would be in the studio and uh, and uh, they would have all these the contestants in the studio and stuff and they would have the camera on a rotating thing so the camera would rotate 
and uh, the actors would have to run behind the set to the other side. So when the camera got there, it looked like it was another episode of the show. Yeah. So they were using all these, oh, and they were changing their clothes, and then they would run, and then the camera would land on them. Those types of special effects when you don't have any money is like so cool because it works and looks seamless. Yeah. But when you have no money and you do special effects and they look shitty, it's hard for you to give you kudos back yeah. 30 years later. Because like Star Wars, for instance, Star Wars, 1977, the special effects in Star Wars look fucking amazing. Yep. Like the original New Hope Star special effects, Chewbacca looks amazing. Some of those special effects look better than today's CG. So yeah. like, I give those guys props. Well, I think the effects in this movie look better than Total Recall with fucking Schwarzenegger. Ooh. Wow. When it's when the second when the second movie. ass splits off, that's a fucking dead on um uh way for them. <laughs> look at it, but look like John said, they do it right. The effects, the fucking movie makeup and shit like that isn't great, but it's because they shoot it well. They they don't focus on it. Total Recall puts this shitty fucking fake head on and then it sits there yeah and you get to look at this fucking stupid bullshit replica like <laughs> think about how fucking people can i fucking i'm a fan of art i see how people can fucking sculpt they can do realism to a fucking perfection that shit didn't even look like arnie it looked like bloated dead arnie that was found in a fucking river somewhere like that shit was bad this shit is not good but the way that they do it, I think, is it has a little bit more um, success than a lot of movies that had a lot bigger budget. Yeah. And I, I, I think that this movie succeeds um, because of Bruce Campbell, to tell you the truth. Like, obviously, Sam Raimi wrote this and um, and directed it, and this is, like, his vision or whatever. But and that's his fault. Him and his brother. And, yeah, that's fine. But, I mean, like, Bruce Campbell <laughs> is... Bruce Campbell is these movies. Yeah. The same way Les- Leslie Nielsen is the Naked Guns. Like yep. Bruce Campbell is these. Bruce Campbell is this guy to the point of that I don't think he's really done anything else in his career. John and I watched The Man with Two Brains, uh, uh, which is a fucking nightmare. Nightmare. Um, so bad. But like I say, like I've seen this movie. I've seen The Evil Dead's. I've seen this series. I um, I find Bruce Campbell to be fucking. That's that's part of what I think I take exception when you say Colin that you don't cheer for him at all, because I really like him and I do fucking cheer for him all the time, despite the fact that he's like a arrogant and um, false bravado and he's got some of these qualities that that aren't something that typically would be maybe likable. I don't know. It's, I, not, it's not that he's not necessarily likable. It doesn't work for me though for him to carry a movie for just for me. I'm not saying that he's not. No, no you're entitled to your opinion. Him. I was just saying. Yeah, yeah. I just don't want to say that there's nothing likable about him because there is. There are things that are likable about him, but hmm. I just find it hard for him to carry a movie when I watch it. He'd almost be a really good secondary character. He'd be like the good, the good sidekick. But I don't know. Whatever. Like, hmm. what are you gonna do? Yeah, he'd be, he'd be great as a sidekick in in smaller doses because he's yeah, so yeah, he's so big on the screen. Um, yeah. He's got such a big personality that you you could easily drown a scene with it. Yeah. So you'd want yeah. you'd want him you'd want him more restrained. He'd he'd be one of those things that you were like, 
that was really enjoyable. I want to see more of them, and it's good that you didn't because you wanted more of it. Yeah, yeah, and less is more theory again. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. I think um, what worked against this movie, though, goes back to something Colin was saying before with the story and the and the kind of the structure. I think there are a lot of scenes in here that, that go on too long or the jokes miss, but I think they were forced to keep some of that stuff in because they had an already anorexic runtime for this movie. Um, yeah. like this could have almost been a 60 minute episode of, of a show, not a, not a full, you know, feature release. So the, the one scene that stands out most in my mind is when he's, um, after he's gotten the book and things start to go nuts and he's trying to run away and he falls over. And then there's all the, the three stooges stuff you were talking about earlier, Brent. Yeah. That just, it just keeps going on and on and escalating. And like the funniest, the whole funniest part of that scene, the thing I actually like burst out laughing is when the skeleton fires its hand up his mouth that's so gross and and <laughs> it's just crazy but then that kind of ruins all the like slapping and and uh, tongue holding and eye poking even and then they all come at him like with fists from different directions it just it like that could have been a really funny moment but it went on for too long there's a few other yeah. scenes that that just totally miss in terms of the humor um but i feel like i said i feel like that stuff had to stay in so uh, it did itself a detriment in that way. Um, I find the the whole sidetrack on his quest to find the book. Once he leaves the castle, to when he gets back and the war starts, my enjoyment of the movie just takes this huge dip right in the middle. Um, because I don't know, his fight with himself is is okay, but like really, it all it boils down to is that he had to have a fight with himself taking the time to chop up the body seems like a little weird, but that's just an homage back to the first movies where he chained the, the beast to the table. Um, and then I love when he dumps dirt on the, on the creature's face. Like you will never get the Necronomicon. Hey, you got something on your face there or what's that you got in your face? What, what, which again, reading back on things, that's like, that's Bruce Campbell in makeup there. And Sam Raimi, I hear really enjoyed tossing dirt on Ash's face for that shot. Um, but again, it's like a couple of moments that, that work really well for me and have me laughing versus three or four of those moments that leading up to it just don't work anymore for me. Um, it, it makes it hard. So I, I have trying to balance my, my long-term love for this movie with the fact that I do actually laugh out loud, out loud several times while watching this um, to then just, you know, coupling it together with the short runtime and little, little things that just keep, keep kind of, speed bumping me uh, out of the movie at the end of the day and just leaving me kind of unfulfilled by the time the whole thing wraps. Yeah. No, you're not... I don't think you're wrong on that avenue, man. I um, I do think that they, they play into that stuff a little bit too long sometimes. Yeah. Like that, with all the skeleton hands and stuff like that, like you're saying, like, because I did laugh out loud in one of those things. I think when all the hands come and, like, hit them simultaneously or whatever. Yeah. I would, like, there's funny shit in there, but I think they do drive at it too long but like you say this this movie is so fucking skinny um 88 minutes there's nothing to it but, but that makes me question like why can't you have a movie that's fucking hour 20 right yeah I, you can now you like now is the time like you can do anything with time like tv shows are becoming so much more flexible with uh running times and and i i think that is one of the things that's changing for the better with streaming services is that you can have an, a movie that be an hour and ten minutes, and you get away with it. Yeah, and no one's going to say anything. 
because no, you don't have to go to the theater and you're not paying like 20 bucks to see it and so you're like it's only an hour and 10 minutes I got ripped off I mean stand up comedy specials when people go see a stand up comic they're only an hour long I mean you'll pay for events that are an hour long yeah. um, so I don't see why you can't have uh, you, always get an, you always get an opener though with comedy shows yeah yeah that's, that's like true but they they do that so with like, animated films now they have the shorts to lead them in if they need something a little bit extra and that highlights a new artist something like that i think yeah, um films <clears throat> used to be mandated to being i think you had to be 80 minutes to get a bfc <laughs> you, you you had to be at least 80 minutes it might have been 85 i don't remember yeah and and then you got the so, the whole theater machine which is like rigged to you have to keep people around so that you can hire staff and have predictable run times um and if you had like hour-long movies then you all of a sudden compared to a two and a half hour movie you'd be charging different amounts for people to go see them so they feel like they got their money's worth that all goes out the window now that we're just digitally delivering direct to homes so why not have absolutely. a have a 60 minute something whether you want to call it an episode or a movie and have it stand alone have all the people involved feel really great about a super taut story and you tell it and it's done and you just throw it up on streaming and who gives a shit if it's not 90 minutes or like the run times don't matter in fact we keep hounding on this so much these super long movies are like killing me because I hate it. They run out of steam, and it's just pack more shit in, pack more shit in, fuck off. So this movie was Dude. refreshing to have at this runtime. <clears throat> Think about the three-hour movies that are coming out now. The fucking Irishman. What is it? Three and a half. Yeah, so think like about spending half of your work day just for one movie. Like to me, it's that's asinine. Not a, man. Also, that's not a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not. That a is good not movie. a good movie. And the running time is not the only reason why it's not good. It's just I don't give a fuck. Like Scorsese and Netflix dropped the ball. You could have, if you wanted to tell that story, he wanted it to be Oscar worthy, being able to get nominated for Oscars. You could have cut that into three episodes or four episodes of a mini series about that period of time and it would have been much better yeah that movie was pitched by them being like all right, all right, all right imagine this scorsese pacino pesci de niro and they're like i love it i love it what's it about and they're like who gives a fuck what it's about yeah an irish dude i don't fucking who cares yeah it's yeah. just it's it's uh that movie got up its own ass yeah totally Ah, run times, how we love you. So we know run times are key. We know story and structure is key. We know the effects need, need to blend and and not, not be stand out. Only, only a consideration, though, it's just however, run time, it's long or short, it's however much time you need to tell the best story. So I'm like, there's a movies that are two hours long that are fine. There's yep. movies that are 210 or 220 that are fine. But it's like how much time... If, if the scene's not moving, we I, I call it the, the Brent rule now. Is, uh, ah, yes. Brent was saying the other day, uh, if, if, if uh, I could fast forward this and it wouldn't make any difference, then it should be edited out. Yep. That is the That should be the rule for every filmmaker. If you can fast forward the scene, and you would not would not make any difference to the audience by the end, then why is it in the movie? Why are you wasting the audience's time fucking cut it yep cut it so i don't have to fast forward it 
Well, and unusually, there are some examples of the opposite. For me, Glory, I think, should have been longer. Hmm. I think that the story is too much there. And Hmm. I feel like that movie could have been a little bit longer. Interesting. We will have to review Glory soon. I love that movie. Yeah, we'll have to do that one. Interesting. We are. We are doing it. Yeah. We're we're doing, doing it. it. We're going to do it. We'll just say it flat out. Done. Um, not a bad time to mention here, too, that we are back to a remote session for this just because I had a... I've gone and got a sniffle. So I wanted to get tested for the vid. Um, so I'm just waiting some results to come back. Sure, everything's fine. But unfortunately, it put us in this remote situation for this episode. So we'll hope to get back in the real studio altogether real soon. Okay, let's... um. Anything else anyone wants to bring up about this movie? Acting. Let's just quickly touch on the acting. Low budget. You'd expect the acting to be terrible. Um, Is it? It's not as bad as it would be for a movie like this, but it's not good. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit. And that's fine. They're not supposed to. This isn't like they weren't going to win the awards or anything. The I don't only, think the acting is the problem with this movie. The only person, the, the only person in this movie who acting matters for is Bruce himself, and I think he does a fine job. He, he's the yeah. character. He's he's silly. You know what I was just thinking, Brent? That I <laughs> I don't know why when you were talking about the, the the scene where all the fists, the skeleton fists, fly in on the screen, I was just yeah. thinking of that scene for a second and laughing in my head because. He looks at the camera pretty much, and he's like, "Ah, no, no, no!" And then all the fists come in, and I was just thinking, "What the hell would he have seen?" Maybe there's like ten skeletons running at him. <clears throat> anyway, he—I I think he does a fantastic job with the slapstick stuff. It's just the best of his best when it's all serious and all that is is never going to be as good as a a this De Niro or a Pesci. Not even as successful as it is, like however successful you want to argue it is. Like Colin, like isn't a fan of it, but whatever he is a fan of only exists because Bruce Campbell is as good as he is at Ash. Yeah. And and whatever you think of the directing and whether it has style or or tricks, I think Raimi really benefited from having his muse um, be a part of this. I think that helped him flourish, likely to be more more famous than Bruce Campbell did because obviously... Oh, him him and Bruce are fucking tight. Yeah. It's strange to me, though, that, though, Bruce is, uh, I don't, does anyone know any other movie that Bruce Campbell's been in where he doesn't play Ash? Because I can't. Spider-Man. He was the a man with the two brains. Yeah, that's a whole He's movie. actually, in, he's actually, I think, in all of Sam Raimi's movies. He makes a but cameo just, in the he's Spider-Man. Like a cameo. Yeah. Yeah. No main character, though, which I'm sure he tried to do, but I, I'm sure the studios hate Bruce for some reason, because he only made them $10 million on the Evil Dead movie and not... A billion, which is all they want to get up Dude, in the this movie. For. This movie doubled its budget and fucking at the box office. That's not nothing. I, I like if you make a movie and it gives you back one million dollars, like, should you not be happy? I understand if you're looking at other movies that make you a hundred million or a billion dollars, that's always going to be better, but you still made money. Basically, all the studio does is say, here's a couple of million that go away and come back with something that makes us money. And we'll have like five or six meetings where we tell you that we don't like the ending and you have to reshoot it, but we're not going to give you money for it, which is basically what happened with this movie, because the original ending was Ash taking too much. He loses track of the the drops that he's supposed to take. And when he wakes up, he's in a post-apocalyptic world where everything's all fucking crazy. And he's like, no, which for Ash, I love because... 
that guy's not supposed to have a happy ending. But then they reshot it to the yeah. happy ending where he's back at S Martin kills another demon because so, that's what he does. So Bruce Campbell's acting credits are there's 128 of them, but looking oh, yeah. through these, a, a lot of them are voice acting for children's cartoons. Yeah. For Pixar movies and video games. And he's on a lot like, of TV. So, yeah. So like Fargo, for instance, you guys you guys have seen Fargo. Apparently he plays Ronald Reagan in two episodes of Fargo, which Nice. I might not have seen that season. I've only seen the oh, first two. He was in the Hercules, he in the Hercules series, wasn't game. he? Like, I mean, he's getting credit for being a voice in Cars, and then also he's getting another credit for, for being the voice in Cars video game. Yeah. He's in like, deleted, well, was he like, was in Quick and the Dead, but he was cut. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he was in the, the Hercules for, series that was like the Xena series, those cheesy... He was the mayor and Cloudy with Chance of Meatballs. I mean, he does a lot of voice yeah. acting for animation. Yeah. He's got a great I mean, he's, voice. He does have he's a great voice. Kind of like, voice acting. He's kind of like a Mark Hamill. Like, he did like a, a trilogy of a movie and then and I never saw him again, but he's like the Joker <laughs> and like every fucking... Batman cartoon and Batman video game. Yep. Hey, if you can make a career on it, why not? Man, yeah, yeah. So I, I wish him all the oh, success. Yeah. I think he, it, again, he, the heart in this movie is, is part of what, what makes me love it. And, and just, I don't know, you can't not love Bruce Campbell. I don't know how you can't. He just, just seems Johnny awesome. Plays a lot of, he was in eight episodes of Xena warrior princess. Yeah, that's, that's around <laughs> the, that's what I, yeah. I thought he was in the Hercules he series, just, but. He was in Dusk Till Dawn 2. Not Dusk Till Dawn. Ah, not the first. Dusk Till Dawn 2. That's a a guy named Barry. The Dawn and He was in in one episode of the X Files. (laughs) He was in in Time Cop. Not the movie, the TV show that I didn't know that even existed. (laughs) He was in one episode of the Time Cop TV show. I didn't either. That must have been filmed in the Philippines somewhere for local TV. He's prolific. Yeah. He was in seven episodes of Ellen as a guy named Ed. They don't even give him a last name. Ah. Uh, Mikhail's Navy. Weird. He was in Weird Science, not the movie, the TV show. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember that vaguely. One, and he was in one episode. How is he even fucking... Who's his agent? How is his agent even finding these projects? I don't know. These are projects I've never even heard of. The Time Cop <laughs> TV show and the Weird Science TV show? Is this agent a magician? How is this agent? <laughs> like, this is the weirdest, this is the weirdest fucking uh, credits for an actor I've ever read. Bruce Campbell does ever what read. Bill Murray does, where he doesn't have an agent. He just has a phone and you need to know the number, <laughs> but he answers every call. Yeah, he's in things like Garfield. <laughs> he was in Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman TV show, three episodes. Oh my God. Well, Dude, the, he's, he looks like Superman. He looks like a weird, like, totally uh, does. caricature of Superman. Oh, he was in that movie Congo with the monkeys. Oh, yeah, right. character named Charles Travis. Yeah, with the lasers. Congo. I'm pretty sure that movie is dog shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's call it. Yeah, Who, who's got? Very, do we want to let Colin call weird. it so we can just <laughs> get just get that out of the way again? IMDb. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so weird. It's just it's like it's a fucking weirdest train wreck of a fucking 128 credits. Dude, that guy has a nice house because of all this bullshit. Oh yeah, so fucking good on you, Bruce Campbell. He probably works seven days a week. Yeah. Oh yeah. He runs around it, different he characters. Like, He's the man. Hey, to, you forgot the most notable, Baba Hotel. <laughs> He's probably running. 
Yeah, he, that's in. That is one of his most net notables, and I. That's probably that. one of the bigger. Is ones. that movie any good? I wonder. I don't think I've seen it. I know I his have, but probably just once. His his two most recent credits are a, a kids TV series cartoon called The Last Kids on Earth. He's in six episodes, and he plays. Oh, I've chef. seen that. I've seen it. He plays chef, so he's chef. And then he's also in a kids TV series, Tangled, the series, and he's in seven episodes, and he plays King Edmund. So yeah, he's probably fucking every day. He's in a sound studio somewhere. Getting, getting a paycheck, cashing the paycheck. So, loving you know, life. Get on him then. Loving life. I feel life. a little bit better for him. Because I thought, uh, he was, before Brent told me there was an Ash TV series and stuff, I thought he was homeless. <laughs> so, uh, 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 I'm fine with him. I'm fine with people being successful and like looking at his credits and stuff. Fuck, man. If I could do voice acting work and get fucking paid for it, I would fucking love that. Why not? You do have yeah, the most unique voice. voice. Um, okay, Colin, why don't you tell us what we already know? Yeah, no, I mean, I called it already. You guys go ahead. And once again, like I said, I, I enjoyed aspects of this movie, but like I, when I, when I was watching that, I, I was definitely thinking that this did not hold up. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't think anything was going to change my mind today on that. We tried, Brent. Right? We, we tried. Well, I don't, 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 don't make me go next. Make gonna, John go next. All right. I'm going to predict that you guys also don't think this movie holds up, even though you guys will watch it again and you like it. That's my prediction. Oh, interesting. Well, I, I do. Uh, I did also, like Colin, and maybe even a, a little bit more than he did at the time, laugh at this movie. And, and I, I, I was scared coming into this because I really hoped this movie would hold up and I was scared it would be absolute trash, unwatchable, turn it off halfway through. And thankfully it wasn't. Um, and so the blending of some of the fond memories that I had with some actually laugh out loud scenes helped to mitigate some of the poorness of this movie in terms of effects and story and structure. I don't know that definitely at times seems like this movie was, was like scenes built around Bruce Campbell, um, that they kludged together and then shot some and just had to keep it because fuck, we don't have enough footage to do anything else with this movie at all. Um, and it just, it, 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 it will still hold a special place in my heart. I will probably watch this movie again at some point, but not in a hurry. Um, but unfortunately, <laughs> like not, not in a hurry. Unfortunately, it, it doesn't hold up. Uh, it, it, I, I think this movie has its place in, in history and, and for, for decently good reasons has a cult following it's just it has so much enjoyable to it and the heart behind this movie will always be something that that really impresses me um but there's better movies to watch for sure even within this genre now there's going to be better movies than this to watch so for that reason i think um it does not hold up a boo i'm sad brent well he's thinking i can see he's still thinking he's looking up and to the right yeah, I'm nope. just thinking about what to what to say. Because is it looking up into the right line? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> then, then, then he looked at, left. You guys are looking at a reverse shot of me, so you're not sure which way. I'm That's looking. true. Oh, I, I wish I could. I wish I could make my eyes do different things. <laughs> um, I, I I I still do like this movie. Yep. And I liked watching it. And some of that might be a victim of my nostalgia. Um, but I think some of it is also like 
I don't know, like when I sit down with my kid and we're going to play, right? And I, we have a box and the box is a fucking spaceship or something like the box is just a fucking box, but it's a spaceship for that moment. I'm able to fucking put my imagination there and live in that scene. So the effects and the shittiness and everything to me doesn't matter as much because I'm willing to take myself and, and allow myself to be silly in this moment and get lost in the movie. And, and the shortcomings don't matter as much because it's not supposed to, because the movie was never written to be a critically acclaimed fucking genius, right? It was written to be a fun bit of fucking stupidness. And I think it does that really well. Mm. And I think that, I mean, obviously the effects were less capable back then, but I think the movie suffers from less capable effects and they were probably able to with a bigger budget. Um, and that stuff for that reason doesn't really bug me either. I don't, I don't mind when people do the best they can with what they have. Um, I mean, I guess this is just me trying to fucking put icing on it, but it doesn't hold up. It's, 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 it's a movie that I like. It's a movie that I love, but it's not, it's not a perfect movie. There, there's a lot of stuff that could have been fixed with it. I mean, you could have rushed through a lot of these, um, you could have made this adventure a lot fucking better, man. Like the fact that um, that he goes on an adventure to get the Necronomicon, and it kind of feels like he just takes a trip to the grocery store. Yeah, is a bummer to me because to me that is a massive adventure right there, and a massive bit of opportunity for adventure. And I feel like they they kind of skip through it. So, um, and it just really becomes like a collection of like really probably two scenes right yeah um yeah it's the right once again the writing isn't there for for uh for obstacles to stop him from and then him having to overcome yeah anything too much yeah so i mean it's kind of a it's it's a bummer in that sense because i see i don't know i think i have a tendency to look at some of this stuff that i loved with like some serious rose glasses and i Mm. tend to put rose glasses on rose glasses for things like this that holds such a fucking warm place in my heart. Um, like I say, like I've seen the fucking TV series and stuff. Like I, I love this stuff. I love how fucking campy and stupid it is, but it doesn't hold up. And I mean, what am I going to fucking say about it? That hasn't been said fucking numerous times by you guys already. So, yeah, um, I love it. I will definitely watch it again. I can't wait till my daughter's old enough that I can show her this, uh, because I really want to, I really want to experience this with her because I think that, um, watching this with younger kids who are maybe a bit more um, a bit more naive and a little bit more willing to, uh, to to let themselves be teleported to this fucking land of ridiculousness. Yeah, um, that's that for me is really what I'm excited about this movie is being able to experience it again for the first time through her eyes. So yeah, uh, I love it. It doesn't hold up. I love Bruce Campbell. I yep. fucking love Bruce Campbell. Um, I love him enough that I even give him a pass for Man with Two Brains, despite the fact that that movie made me want to remove mine. Yeah, uh, you're brave, uh, brave. I uh, I was Bruce just Campbell give me. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic because I think Bruce Campbell gives uh, people who want success in this industry with uh, hope because uh, he uh, like he's been in the industry for like it looks like forty or fifty years. <laughs> Yeah. I'd say 40 so, years, yeah. So he's formed enough relationships and uh, got enough cred that he gets work doing stuff. Like, he's doing, he did two, like, 
I said two kids cartoons this year, mm-hmm. 15 episodes between the two, making a living at it. So get on him, man. Like, not everybody's Tom Cruise. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's true. Not everybody makes like fucking two like billion dollar movies a year. Not everybody can. Like now that we know that the, the most important probably pe- like not doesn't have a great life outside of uh, filmmaking either. Though. No, but I think you could probably attribute that to the cult that he's in instead of uh, <laughs> some other stuff. But that's what like <laughs> affords him the uh, ability to uh, you know have prote- be protected and and uh the pr stuff and shit i mean i feel like if he left that stuff oh come on there's a ton of fucking massive celebrities that have fucking good lives where they're protected from all the shit because they have things like publicists instead of cult handlers yeah but he doesn't come have on. to pay for that stuff he gets it for free think of all those guys and how much money they put out the what are you even like, saying right now it's a, it's just a Scientology's <laughs> paying. i'm just saying i think that's why he stays in it is because they're flipping the dime for his security for his public relations, they get him girlfriends that he can marry. Like, he, they're doing that all behind the scenes. He's not, like, orchestrating that. He doesn't have a manager or anything. They're taking care of shit. I think he would have left a long time ago if he didn't have that, like, machine supporting his uh, his ambition. That's, like, crazy. I'm right. not saying it's a good thing. I'm saying that's probably why he's still there. Yeah, I feel you. It's funny um, now that we've like been through this pandemic and we know the essential services are like, um, you know, grocery store workers, restaurant workers and all those and the, the piece of shit, useless people like investment bankers and insurance company owners. Um, that's what Bruce Campbell is like our essential service. He's, he's out there doing the things that need to be done all over the place, making sure that kids are smiling, everyone's happy. And Tom Cruise, the investment banker, is just like, Mission Impossible 8, pay me millions. There you go. We needed a hot take on this. Fucking John just hit it. What I had read, and I don't know if it's true, because I read it, an article about it, is that Tom Cruise, during the pandemic for the last four months, is living in a building that the church owns in London that's six stories. It has an aquatic center, a gym, a kitchen, fully staffed with chefs 24 hours a day, a home theater room. It's like six-story building, and that's where him and his kids, our family, have been living during the pandemic for, for, for free. Yeah, so and, all it, and all it I costs is, uh, is uh, independent thought. It's sold. It's just called his soul. Yeah. Is that all? It's soul. <laughs> I'm considering it myself. Dude, for that pool in that place, like if you fucking upgrade my condo to a sweet pad like that, I'll probably buy into fucking zombie Jesus or whatever you want to sell me. Yeah. Xenu. Yeah, it's not even just a, it's not a pool, it's an aquatic center. I think there's like a water slide and shit. And it's like all private for him and his family or whoever his guests are that are shacking up with him. I mean, I'd be his friend. For sure. <laughs> you know the best nice. thing about Scientology? Nice. Nice. The roles. The roles. <laughs> I think they got some good network. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a fun end to this discussion. Um, Army of Darkness, unfortunately, uh, has some good moments, but falls a little flat as a whole. Um, 30 years later, how could it not? Um, it had, had a tough... Um, a tough job ahead of it to stay relevant, but still some enjoyable parts. It's if you've not seen it, definitely go out and check this movie out, um, and then let us know what you think. As always, so yeah. 
enjoy um have a good day stay healthy stay safe no covid for me let's hope fingers crossed everybody yeah fingers crossed be well everybody yeah um so yeah uh check the movie out thanks for tuning in as always everyone um and i'll say it again enjoy your shit Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.